wouldn't mind bowing your head for a moment of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come into this sanctuary, Lord, with praise and thanksgiving. Lord, I come asking that you hide me behind the cross so that your word may go forth to accomplish its task and purpose. Lord, your people come today seeking your face. And Father, we ask that we see miracles, signs, and wonders yes. of today, Father. Yes, Lord. That your people leave this building, Father, better than they came. Yes. That your word, Father, transfixes and changes them from the inside out, Lord. Yes. Renew their minds, repair their hearts, and prepare them, Father, to live a life that is pleasing and uplifting in your sight. Yes. So, Lord, I turn it over to you. <laughs> Holy Spirit, have your way in this service. Yes. And we give you all the praise, honor, and glory, Father. Yes. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. I thank my wife for the introduction. Amen. Such a powerful and anointed woman of God. Yes, And I jokingly tell people all the time that when I first met her, I told her, I said, you are truly a once-in-a-lifetime type woman. All right now. And I thank her for the journey that we've been on. Amen. And I know that uh, God has great things in store for her. And I'm thankful for just being able to be a witness to what he's doing in her life. Amen. Our Bible scripture today will come from John, the 11th chapter. And we'll be reading verses 38 through 44. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was carved with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time this is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Mm. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he, said, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen mm -hmm. and a cloth around his face. 
Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes yes, and let him go. Yes. Amen. You may be seated. If I had to label the sermon, it would be one word, respond. It is time for you to respond. The word of God is a word that makes you respond. There is no way that you can sit under God's word or be in the presence of it and do not have some movement in your spirit. God in the book of Genesis spoke everything into creation. He spoke and there was light. He divided the day and the night. He divided the waters from the land and he did it by his spoken word. Jesus, being the Son of God, operated in the same manner. His words that he spoke had power to change situations in a moment. And there was no circumstance or condition that was too great for God. And when Jesus moved into these moments of interaction, he always had to deal with people who had their own view of what they thought it should look like. Mm. We have to get past the notion of saying, I know what it looks like, Lord, and let me help you. Because we are very limited in our ability to be able to do anything because everything that we have has been provided through the power of God himself. Yes. So today we're looking at the Resurrection of Lazarus. All right. There was once a man who was in a field. He had been tending to his horse, and a stranger came up to him, and he told the man, Sir, I need your assistance. I was driving, and my car ran off in a ditch, and I know that you're busy, but... If you would be so kind, please bring your horse back to my car and help me pull it out of the ditch. Well, the farmer thought about it for a moment and said, I don't know if my horse is able to pull your car out. The man said, my car is really small, and I think your horse can do it. If you would just please just follow me and take a look for yourself. So the farmer grabbed his horse and he followed the man, and he did find the car, and it was in a ditch. The car was actually very small in size, and the farmer said to himself, well, you know, I think we can do it. So he harnessed the horse, and he tied the rope around it, and he tied the other portion to the vehicle, and the man stepped back, and the man said, okay, are you going to do it? And the man said, yeah. The farmer said, yes, I'm going to pull your vehicle out, but I need just a moment. So the farmer started to talk to the horse. And he said, come on, Casey, pull! The horse just stood there. Bailey, pull! The horse still just stood there. Buddy, pull! And the horse started to pull. And it pulled the car up back onto the roadway. 
The man looked at him and said, Sir, I appreciate you pulling my car out of the ditch, but I don't understand why you had to call the horse by so many different names. He said, Well, Buddy's blind. And Buddy won't pull nothing if he thinks he's pulling it by himself. So I've got to make Buddy think that there are other horses here pulling with him. This is the way that we operate in God's word. We know that we don't do it in and of ourselves. But there are other God's power, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, all working with us to accomplish what God has asked us to do. I want you to know that you don't have to be blind to know that you got backup in the power of God. As we read about the resurrection of Lazarus, Lazarus had been laid in a tomb and there had been a stone rolled in front of it. The stone didn't get there magically by itself. There were men who rolled it there to separate the living from the dead. Lazarus laid in a quiet, dark state, undisturbed, unbothered, waiting. But just previous to that, he had been told that Jesus was coming to heal him. And I don't know if you've ever been sick. I don't know if you've ever had to wait on somebody. But those two things typically weigh heavy on you. When you're sick, you're constantly uncomfortable. You're constantly saying, if I could only get back to the way that I was feeling before this moment. Yes. And then added with the weight on someone else. All right. I'm sure that he was probably thinking, I wish Jesus would just hop on a donkey and be here. I wish he was already knocking at the door, but he had to wait. And that waiting drew closer and closer to what appeared to be his death. Now, I'm sure that when he died, his last thoughts were probably of Jesus. And the funeral was carried out and Jesus was laid in his tomb. Lazarus was laid in his tomb and a rock was placed in front of it by man. Now let me ask you, what is separating you from God? This rock that had been rolled there was rolled there by man. As men, we often can sometimes get in the way of other people being able to see God in all of his glory. Sometimes our hearts are not always in the right places. Sometimes our thoughts or actions are not always in the right places. And we become a block for the people who are truly seeking God. So today, Miss Paul, we have to roll that stone out of the way. That stone that is in our own lives that may be causing us to be a hindrance from individuals being able to truly see God for who he is. What is the stone that stands between you and God? 
and who placed it there. As a church, that's why we come to intercessory prayer. That's why we come to Bible study. That's why we come to church so that collectively we can all help each other roll the stones away. To be able to see God. Don't let the stone stay in that place. God is calling you. Once the stone was rolled away from the tomb, Jesus in verse 44, 41 through 42, offers up a prayer. Now, our prayer life can be hit or miss. When we're in need, oh, we can be on our knees and pray and seek the Lord day in and day out. We can pray until we sweat or until we cry. And ask the Lord, Lord, remove the heavens on my behalf for this because i got to have it. And you know what? God is such a good God that he'll grant it and he'll bless you with it. And then on that Tuesday, um, Lord, I got 15 minutes to be at work, and I don't know if I got time to pray, but you're just going to have to watch out for me on today. That is not <laughs> how God wants us to live that, our lives. The same fervent attitude that we had seeking him on the Monday when we were in trouble should be the same way that we seek him on Tuesday. There should be no difference. Because the God that worked on Monday is still the same God that's working on Tuesday. And the fact that Jesus himself took time out to pray before he was getting ready to perform the miracle is an indicator that we ourselves need to be taking that same time to pray to ask God to do the impossible, whether in our families, on our jobs, in our community, in our nation. Yes. The God who is waiting for you to call upon him, yes. to seek him and ask him to do it for his glory. The prayer was offered up. And Jesus now getting ready to do what he needed to do. Which is calling Lazarus from the grave. Now Lazarus had been laying there for four days. And Jesus simply said, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus responded to the voice that was calling him. Don't you know that every day Jesus is calling you that exact same way? He wakes me up early and he says, Randy, come. Sometimes it's three in the morning. And you know that flesh sometimes is like, mm, I got to be up at six. But how can I not respond to the voice? I don't even respond. I just say, Lord, I thank you. And here I am. Mm -hmm. And I let him speak. Sometimes he's calling you 
because he knows that the destiny that is lying within you is not where you're currently at. He needs you to move from the darkness, the quiet, the still, into the marvelous light. Yes, you've been hurt. Yes, you've been sick. You've been wounded. You've been broken. You've been talked about and lied on. But Jesus is calling you past all of that. Calling you past the stone that was rolled intended to keep you separated and locked away. He's calling you into a new life. Will you respond, Miss Paul? Will you respond to the voice of your loving Savior who is saying, I need you. Yes. I need you more today than I did yesterday. There are people who need to see the miracle, wonder-working power of God today. Respond. Come out of the tomb. Come out of the darkness. Come out of the chaos. Come out of the confusion. Come out of the addiction. Come out of it. He's calling you. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Now the man came out. And his hands and feet were wrapped in strips of linen. What are you tied up in? God has been waiting on you to respond. And now that you decide to respond to the voice... You find yourself wrapped up in all of the stuff that got you there. You're wrapped up in the relationships. You're wrapped up in the job. You're wrapped up in the bills. You're wrapped up in how will I ever accomplish these tasks that are in front of me? And you know what he still says? Come. I know that you are tied up in the relationship, but come. I know that you're on the job that you really don't like, but come. Your spouse and you aren't right where you want to be, but come. I want you to come in the condition and in the state that you are currently in, because when you come out of that tomb, I myself will undress you. I will unwrap everything that the enemy tried to tie you up in and hide you away and roll the stone in front of it. I will do it because I love you. Don't stay there. Respond to the voice. Les Brown, the motivational speaker, says that when life knocks you down, try to land on your back. Because if you can look up, you can get up. Lazarus was laid on his back. And he got up. And he responded to the voice that was calling him. Responded to the voice that he already knew. Because him and Jesus were friends. And he came to see the face of a friend. But also the face of a savior. Respond. Will you respond? Will you get up? Will you come to God just as you are? I love the old 
spiritual. He said, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about Jesus. Put your weight on That's what the songwriter said. And that is who we are. I may never travel to the far reaches of the earth, but I will tell people that there is a God that loves them. I will tell them that Jesus gave his life as a ransom for them. I will tell them that no matter how far you fall, God can still reach you. No matter how bad you think you are, you are never too bad for God. And the same way that he saved me and countless others, he can do it for you. Just respond to the voice. There were two frogs that had jumped into a pond and they got into the deepest portion of the pond. There was no way for them to get out because the pond bank was so high the other frogs came to see what had happened to them and they looked over the edge and the two were hopping furiously to try to get out. They started to wave their little arms at them and said, hey, Guys, just give up and die. You can't ever get out of there. Just die. Give up. And the two frogs kept jumping and hopping, thinking that they could get out. But after some time, one of the frogs gave up and died. The other just kept hopping and jumping. And the other frogs at the top said, aren't you just going to give up? Just die and stay right where you are. Just die. You're never going to get out of there. And he took one last jump. And he was able to get up on the bank. And he used his hind legs to get himself up on the bank with him. And the other frogs looked at him. And they said, didn't you hear us when we was yelling? You should just die right where you are. He just hopped off. (laughs) Another frog came along and said, did you see him just hop off? We were just trying to tell him, you know, about his situation. And that frog said, oh, you don't know? He's deaf. <laughs> Sometimes we have to turn a deaf ear yes. to our critics. And keep doing what we know we need to do in order to survive. Yes. Somebody may be saying, why would you want to keep going to church? Why would you keep going to uh, Bible study, why would you keep going to intercessory prayer? Your situation hasn't changed. You're still in the same condition. Well, you know what? I trust the God who created the heavens and the earth yes, and the fullness thereof. Yes. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that he loves me and that he knows exactly where I am. And maybe today I might look a little rough. But I guarantee you, if I keep trusting in him and being obedient and seeking his face, he is going to deliver me. I trust him. I will always seek him. And I will never be distracted by what it may look like. I know, Miss Paul, that the church that you have grown accustomed to, has changed. 
Some faces have gone, new faces have come, but we're still one church. And the God that is in heaven is the God who brought us all here. It is the God that anointed Pastor Richardson to be here. It is God who has brought us all to this place at this time. And I know that it is not by chance, it's not by coincidence, it's not by random luck that we are all here together. And the vision that God has for Miss Paul is so much greater than you could ever imagine or think. We need to respond to the voice of God. We were already heard the sermon, put the clutter away. Declutter and hear the voice of the Lord. I know that it is a challenge. I know it's difficult. I know that it can be uh, burdensome at times because we're all wrapped in flesh. And because we're wrapped in flesh, we sometimes hear the voice that says, I can't today. I'm not able to. I would if I could. And when we hear that small, still voice, we need to come right back with, greater is he that is in me that is he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You need to replace your words with God's word. Replace them and allow them to be your anchor. Allow them to be your new foundation as you go forward because you have now taken off your grave clothes. You now have responded to the word of God. And because the word of God is now in you, you will now start to walk in victory over the enemy. I do not want to go back to where I once came from. I want to go forward and I want to go to better and greater. Because that is the God that I serve. He is a God of transition and a God of change. And you must be prepared to keep up with him and to move with him. Miss Paul, are you ready to move? Are you ready to follow after God? Are you ready to seek his face even if that means 3 a.m.? Or as pastor has said, 3 p.m. today. (laughs) We will seek the face of God. And we will do it as one body. I thank God for the ability to know that I am not my own. That I am his and I was purchased with a price. And that every day that I live my life, it is a gift from him. And so as he has given me the gift, I will give back to him wholeheartedly everything that I have. Lazarus came out of that grave as a new testimony, a resurrection, and as a sign and wonder to everyone who Jesus was. Now, I don't want you to be confused and think just because you took off the grave clothes that the enemy has forgotten about you. 
Because as we see when Jesus in John 12, verses 9 through 11, people were coming to see Lazarus, and they wanted to also see Jesus. But not everybody was coming to see the miracle, sign, or wonder. There were those who showed up with a plot and a plan to kill Jesus. There were those who showed up with a plot and a plan also to kill Lazarus. Now, you might ask, why would somebody want to kill Lazarus? He hasn't done nothing. He's God's glory. When God has called you out of that tomb, let's just move tomb to old life, into your new marvelous life, there's a plot to get you. There are people who are being used by the enemy to try to get you. That's why you get that 1 a.m. text message. That's why you get that, oh man, can't you go out just this one time tonight? That's why you go by that old place and you say, hmm, I used to. And you maybe don't step on the brake, but the car does slow down just a little bit so you can take another look. But don't do it. Delete that text message. Tell them I can't. And step on the gas. Ain't nothing good over there. You need to keep your eyes on who called you out of the tube. And keep it moving. There is always that struggle once you've been called out of the tomb. Men will never want to just let you go. They will always have something to say. They will always be looking to see your next move, if they can find a flaw in it, or if they can catch you doing something you're not supposed to. But as men and women of God on the move for him, we just trust in the ability that his mercies are renewed daily. Yeah. And we pray and we seek his face and we chase after him with an unrelentless passion. Miss Paul, it's time to move. It's time to go. It's time to respond. It is time. And when we respond, we can be just like Lazarus. Because even though people were plotting to try to get him, when you go back and you have your own time to read in John 12, you'll notice the position that Lazarus was in. My Bible says he was reclining with Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty nice position to be in. To be able to be able to just lay back in the presence of God. To be able to rest with nothing to be worried about. You just overcame death itself. What do you have to be worried about? Plot against me if you want to. Talk about me if you want to. But I'm going to rest in the presence of Jesus. 
I'm going to rest on the fact that even if I die, I know he has the ability to call my name and I'm going to respond. Yes. Two thousand and nineteen, Miss Paul, Wichita, Kansas. God's got something great for you. Each and every one of you. And I'm thankful that God brought me here to be a witness to your blessing, to your transition from old to new. I'm thankful that He allowed me to be able to be here among women and men of God who have a passion to seek his face. So as we go forward together, I want you to know that God will never leave us nor forsake us. And if we keep our eyes on the one who formed the heavens and the earth, who created both you and I, we'll get to that promise. And I know that when we get there, we'll look back and say that yes, we had some struggles, yes, we had some difficulties, we didn't always get along, but by the grace of God and by his love and his mercy, we made it. Miss Paul, we're gonna make it together. I thank you, Brother Miss Paul, and I'm going to put it back into the man, hands of the man who is the rightful holder of this position. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, and I ask, Father, that you bless Greater Miss Paul beyond they could ever imagine or think. Bless them, Lord, as they go out, Father, and I ask that every family and home that is represented here today, Father, receive a miracle, sign, or wonder to know that you are fighting on their behalf. That no circumstance, condition, or issue will rob them of your glory. I thank you on today, Father, that it is done in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.